Ricky Carmichael all over the back of your leader, Timmy Ferry, on board the Yamaha. This is four-stroke against two-stroke. Yamaha versus Honda. What a great battle the fans here at Bud's Creek are being treated to. Let's check in with Cameron Steele. Steve, it looks like Red Dog's got some fire inside today. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, he's motivated. He knows he can run up front and, you know, hopefully he can pull away. We know he had some uh, words with his teammate Chad Reed. Is, is there some bad blood in the semi? Is that what's maybe pushing him on today? No, everybody loves each other, Cameron. Thanks. Oh, Steve is so funny. I love being around those guys and, you know, of course, with helping Villain and some, I get to see Steve and behind the scenes and, and uh, he keeps things light over there. And, MX Network Production. A series of the most exciting action imaginable. Welcome to the Leanne Re-Raceables on PulpMX.com. Mathis and Weege revisit the instant classics from yesteryear, spotlighting those historic moto moments that simply never grow old. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Liat Re-Raceables podcast. Thank you for listening. Thanks to our sponsors, Maxis, Scott, Guts, and Decal Works, all on board with us. And, of course, mostly, thank you to the folks at Liat. Different people ride for different reasons, but whatever it is, uh, Liat will have you. They are the uh, choice for you, whether it's mountain bike, whether it's moto. They make protective wear, helmets, goggles, riding gear, knee braces, boots, neck braces, and they'll cover you from head to toe. But what Liat really stands for is a promise of things to come. They are in the business of making sure that you have the confidence and equipment to push yourself faster, harder, and further than you ever thought you could go. Visit them at Liat.com, L-E-A-T-T.com, Liat.com. The best part of that is if you do visit them and you want to make a purchase, email us using the contact form on PulpMX. We'll pass you on a discount. You can say with the folks at Liat. I really appreciate those guys coming on board with us. Uh, 2003 Bud's Creek is the race we're talking about. We've got a special guest star as well for this episode. Lots to get into. Uh, what a day in the 450s in Moto1. I mean, that's really what people talk about when it comes to this race. There's nothing else really to touch on with 2003 Bud's Creek. Nothing at all. Uh, but we will dive into a little bit of 125s on this as well. Uh, thank you to the folks at Maxxis Tires, uh, MXSTs, used by Jeremy McGrath, who's been on this show before. And, uh, yeah, great tires, great company. Mountain bike tires, UTV tires, dirt bike tires. Maxxis got you covered. Maxxis.com for more information. And uh, support them, man. They support a lot of podcasts out there in the moto world. And they do great things. So thank you to the folks at Maxis. All right. With me on the line uh, from RacerX, my normal co-host, Jason Wygant. What's up, Weech? Yeah. So this is uh, this is not the Bubba Scrub episode. This is the Tim Ferry Buds Creek First Moto episode? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. that's kind of what I – the only thing that really happened, I think, right? Yes, when people think the 20-year anniversary Bud's Creek coming around 2023, it, it, they're all going to be talking about the Timmy first moto. Yeah, awesome. Yep. What a day. Maybe we'll get Timmy in the TV booth. That's what we should do. Oh, now we're talking. I heard he was doing the well, play J- Because we'll have James Stewart, but he's not really the star. No, no, I didn't I didn't know that. Yeah, let's let's do that. Absolutely. Great, okay. great to hear that voice you hear. Uh, longtime privateer, uh, arena cross champion. Jersey Zone, Dave Janoffi. What's up, man? How are you? What's going on, everyone? Thanks for having me, Steve. Thanks for coming in there. So uh, before we get too far into this, and, and obviously this is the moto where James Stewart falls in the straightaway and comes from 40th to first in an amazing ride, and we'll cover that, and we'll cover Tim Ferry. But let's – Weege, Janoffi here was asking me, doesn't remember you from flagging, doesn't sort of know anything about English Town and flaggers. Um yeah, I'm sure he knows a lot of the flaggers. Well, he he shared a story about yeah, fighting one. Yeah, he shared a, he shared a story about fighting a flagger at English Town. Oh, yeah, it's but, not me, I don't think. But um, I mean, just another person we used to to kind of question your claim of being a flagger at English Town. Yeah, because I hung out with a lot of the riders when I was a flagger. Usually, uh, we had these after parties, and it was like you know, whoever won the pro expert class, yeah, maybe Jason Lawrence and uh, the flaggers hanging out. That was usually the cool group. What's your first time at an English Town, Dave? Uh, 1992. Yeah, so we that's we just heyday, mid 90s. Yep. 
Uh, we, did you, did you, you ever, hang out with the flaggers? No, but did you ever get to do? Did you ever get to punch the ticket for the inspection? Do you remember when you had to? No, get your they bike tried inspected? to upgrade me. I think ninety-seven. I think I, I think ninety-seven was my first year, or maybe ninety-eight, and then they upgraded me to uh, ride the KX. Were they one hundreds back then, or were they yeah. just big wheel eighties? No, whatever think, they were. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And uh, and then I had to run the two card, and I did such a horrible job that I just got demoted back to flagger. <laughs> so I had no other, I, no punch cards or anything because I couldn't handle the two card and I was never going to be promoted. What's the punch cards? What are we talking? So in, in New Jersey, they, um, you have to get your bike inspected. Okay. So you, there'd be this oh, yeah. long Tech line. Yeah, yeah, we had that in Canada too. They check your brakes, yeah. but then you, your practice ticket, they'd punch it. Oh. So then that's how the dude knew <laughs> yeah. that you got, you went your bike through inspection and then, we oh. just, you know, everyone So you realized. showed him the punch card on the line? Wow. Yeah. Like at, going out to practice, like you'd hand it to the guy. Oh, you'd hand it to him. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So you bring it up, carry it. Okay. Yep, your got practice it. ticket. Got it. Huh. And but Weege, I will say, he was asking me about your flagging and English Town, but he didn't know Ultimate, and I don't understand how I know. But you have to know Ultimate. Oh wow, I figured you would know Ultimate. Yeah, oh, maybe we're an all there. blue one piece jumpsuit. Uh, even in the summer, I mean, the first race of the year, Janolfi. I'm sure you can remember the weather was terrible. Yeah, it could be. Snowing. You know, it'd be. Yeah, that those days, the all one, the giant one piece blue jumpsuit was probably awesome. But I don't know how, and like the. Honda Big Buck shootout in July. He was still doing it. He wore a face mask and sunglasses, keep himself completely covered from the elements. And he said, due to all the shade, he was actually cooler than the rest of us wearing shorts. Do you? No, I don't. Yeah. I don't. The only guy I remember was a guy that had like maybe blonde hair and a nose ring that did the gate. Carl Stone? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Carl. Had, Is that Carl Stone? We were trading Carl Stone man stories yesterday, though. Oh yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. yeah okay. Carl, Carl. Carl used to travel with me a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so okay, so we got. I mean, okay, Janofi. In Weege's defense, like when I bring up Ultimate to other people, they immediately know who Weege is talking about. Yeah. Like it, it, this guy was just a fixture in, a, in yeah. an all blue jumpsuit. So I was focused. So if you're saying you don't remember Weege, but you don't know Ultimate, Janofi, now I throw it back at you, and I'm, mm. you know, I'm the problem. Yeah. Like I, maybe you didn't race English Town. Maybe you didn't go. Look up the results. Oh, Tom, yeah. Tom Vitti archives. No, Lucaitis. Lucaitis. Yeah. Well, we'll have to talk to Lucaitis about this. Yeah. Um, but yeah. All right. So two two Jersey's own legends on this podcast. I'm I'm honored. And and by the way, the reason we have Janolfi on the show is Janolfi, you were in this race, right? I was in this race. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You were a yep. victim. I was uh, uh, of this, uh, which is um, this hate crime of speed. <laughs> Unbelievable, <laughs> right? Yeah. So just to set the stage, 2003 Bud's Creek, uh, James is coming off the championship in 02 outdoors. He absolutely destroys himself at the, at the Vegas East West shootout, uh, launches off a single by the mechanics area and he's out. Uh, I don't broken collarbone or broken body. I think it was collarbone. Was it collarbone? Yeah. And how was it not worse? I don't know. I was not internal injuries and everything, right? Yeah, that was brutal. Unbelievable. Yeah, so he misses the start. This is round um, five. So he misses the first four rounds uh, of the series and comes back for this round and absolutely demolishes the field in Moto1. Uh, he's got a 37-second lead by lap seven, it says. 34 seconds, sorry, by lap seven. Uh, and uh, then the next Moto is when the drama starts. But, Weege, this is... This is uh, so I was a mechanic for Yamaha. Were you at Were you at this race week for Racer X? No. One of my big regrets. I don't know why I didn't go. I can't remember why mm -hmm. I was not there. All I can assume is there was a GNCC on that weekend because Buds is like the closest race besides High Point. So you would never not drive to Buds. So yeah. that's all I can assume. I must yeah. have had to been another race because I don't understand why I was not there. I was uh, I was working for Red Dog and Dave was racing. Yeah. Uh, but um, so this was. With no stew, the field is open, and guys are going at it, and it ends up being Rhino and Mike Brown at high point that have an epic battle. They get on the cover of Racer X. They're embracing each other. It's the old guys, right? And then Weege, it all turns to shit. Yeah. Uh, Stu doesn't race. Um, Langston is obviously considered a title favorite also. He kind of gets banged up early, and he's just scratching for points, and that vaults Rhino and Brownie to the top. And, yeah, they spent the whole day at high point side by side. I really don't understand why I went to Bud's because I actually wrote the cycle news story at High Point and most of the year. So how I didn't have – I did like probably eight of the 12 nationals for cycle news. You know, but but know, anyway – You know who wrote this yeah. one in cycle news? How oh, was it, Kip Palmer? No. Pat, Steve Cox? Pat Shooty. Pat Shooty. Yep. Wow. Yep. Yeah, PR guy for the series. So they have High Point epic battle. 
uh, Crazy Day at uh, Southwick comes next, and somehow Rhino caught bone in his leg while riding. And no, I think he broke it in the first moto. They taped the boot yep. on him for moto two. He still got points. Um, and I don't know if you know this, Steve, but Rhino and his mechanic hoodie. Uh, they were living at our Racer X office all summer. Did you even know that? I did not know that. So this this <laughs> yes. is uh, Larry Brooks is the manager. Yeah. Um, and Langston and Rhino are teammates. And it gets yeah. it gets bad near the end of this year. But so why? So yeah, what are they? Do they got their practice bike in a van, or what are they doing? Yeah, they had a motorhome and a van, and they had practice bikes in the van. And then uh, Monday morning, they were just at the office, like trying to figure out: should we get a cast on this thing? Do we tape this thing? And I think there was a weekend off. So they had like two weeks to try to figure out how to get Rhino to be able to race Buds with this broken lower leg. I think it was a bone maybe around his ankle or something. And then uh, they go to Buds. And then the word is that as soon as they went out and practice, Rhino's going to try it. Mike Brown just goes straight at his leg in practice. <laughs> so the, oh, the, embracing, the embracing at high point, the, the I love this guy. I've been racing him forever. Yeah. That's gone. That's gone. That's gone as soon as practice begins the next week. <laughs> Keep your enemies close, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so and as it, you'd imagine, Rhino, I'm sure, took that, you know, took well, that news well, lightly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so you've got now Rhino and Brownie, two of the most fiery personalities ever. Uh, well, Brownie fiery and not like fire. He's fire and ice, right? Um, most mild-mannered, nice guy ever on the track and yep. assassin. Yep. Um, so that's how I guess that, or I guess this would have been Saturday practice. That's how that weekend begins with those two wanting to fight each other. And then Stu's back, by the way. Yeah, Stu's back. Um, Janofi, what's your, what's your program currently at this moment in 2003, Butts Creek? What are we doing? Uh, I, I finally made the transition to four strokes. Okay. I was one of the Lone Rangers on a two-stroke the year before, 125. Yep. But uh, my program was race local races and hit the east coast nationals okay yeah, yeah. me and my dad yeah home just full privateering it totally yep um you you had a unique strategy you were telling me last night mm -hmm. can you explain the strategy I, I don't really subscribe i don't really get it but yeah, right, I, re I regret it okay go but ahead it, it was uh it's kind of like in a video game like a racing game like if you get off to a bad start you just restart the game yep yeah, yeah. so i was trying to do that where <laughs> moto one if i didn't get a good start and it wasn't going well i wasn't going to wear myself out for 30th yeah so i would pull it in early rest up and fire back for Moto Two, but it never panned out because Moto Two would go the same. And now, now realizing it, I needed to just take my lumps, get those thirtieths, and and do the motos, and then yes. that's where the endurance would come from. It wasn't right. just, I wasn't just going to will so it. So you were hitting reset on Moto One. Yep. Yeah. And failing on Moto Two. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, outflanking them, just outsmarting everybody. So Dave goes thirty-six uh, DNF at, the, at this one because it wasn't going well. Twenty-eight. Eight. In second moto. So the plan to be fresh for moto two didn't was, work out again. No, I was fresher. Fresher, yeah. But yeah, it didn't work. He improved. Yeah. He did improve. Wow. Well, he DNF. So, um, yeah, like you just, uh, 28 is obviously, I mean, you, you know, eight spots from points. But like. It's you know, a minute away from points, though, too. Like, true. Yeah, maybe. But I'm just saying, like, you know, anything can happen if you just circulate. Yeah. If you just keep circulating, you just never know, right? Yep. But no, not. not not no. you. But my, I mean, my dad wasn't really against the plan. <laughs> did you like Bud's Creek? I did like Bud's Creek. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, never. I, I wrote it a couple times back in the four stroke national. A lot of days. off cambers. You're never straight up and down. Yeah. Uh, maybe now, maybe you're a little more now because they, down by the mechanics area or by the pits, they flatten that section out mm -hmm. a little bit. Yep. And they've changed some things. But back when then, you were never straight. Yeah. You just were flipping, flipping the bike from one side to another. Yeah. Right? No, it was a technical track and time of year. I mean, the national, obviously, they did a good job, but like, October or four stroke national time yeah. to come around. Like yep. the track was awesome. Yeah. Oh, did you go to those four Yeah, strokes? a couple of them. Yeah. Uh did you were you oh, no, you didn't wouldn't have done a one, right? You would have been I didn't. No, but they had like a one twenty five class at the yeah. like I could ride. But like I'm just asking, do you remember Kelly Smith and Steve Mathis crushing it? I remember Kelly Smith doing well, yeah. I remember Paul Carpenter doing well, Clark Styles doing well. Okay. Right. We we were two time East Coast four stroke champs. I've heard. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um lots to get into when it comes to this race. Um and then so this moto, I mean, we we watched it back. It's absolutely insane. So th th this is the scrub. There's a photo, right? A famous photo. I don't even know who took it. Um, I think it's uh, another Jersey guy, Chris Tedesco. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Remember uh, Chris Tedesco, Janolfi? Yeah, for sure. I mean, yep. 
Jersey. There's a lot of famous people out in New Jersey as well. There, there's That's a, right. There's a photo of him scrubbing. This was kind of, I mean, he had been doing it before, but this was something that was captured, and it's unbelievable. It, it really changed motocross. It changed it to this day in 2023. And he's doing this at Bud's, and, I mean, he's just flying around this track. And he's on a 125. He's ver- versus four strokes and other 125s. And we like rewatching this. It doesn't even like he. I, now again, General, if you go ahead and talk about the TV coverage a little bit here, yeah, something so I, that we talked about. I know that we, uh, <laughs> you know, we're all quick to criticize the broadcast nowadays. But as Steve and I were watching, like we didn't know who was in what place. If, if it was halfway, if it was two laps to go, like there's no, there's no lap times. There's nothing showing you anything. It's almost like you're watching a highlight reel, but it's the motos. So it's it's definitely was uh, it's come a long way. Yeah, well, it kind of was like they were not live in any way, shape, or form. I believe the way it worked back then was they would send a you know an army of camera people out, maybe ten people, and they would all have tapes, and they had some way of like logging the times of like my shot was recorded at exactly two thirty one in the afternoon, so they could somewhat link them together, and then they would ship all the tapes back to I think Atlanta, and then it was someone's job to take like these forty tapes and build a moto out of those. So the rhyme or reason of, yeah. of well, where they were in the moto or what the results were, is this eight minutes in? Is this 18 minutes well, in? Yeah. It was completely gone. This, this, I have no context for watching this. It looks like None. he gets to the front. Yeah, it felt like half. We felt like it was halfway for some reason. Yeah. Seemed like halfway. He got to the front. I don't know. And then the checkers went. Like, I, I don't even know. I don't know. Um in cycle news, I think it says it was ten laps, but I don't know how long the race was itself, right? So, yeah, you don't really know. It, it's yeah. it's not great. Cameron Steele is the pit reporter. He's he's doing a, a track preview on an RM250 with a camera. I about threw up watching that thing. Yeah, yeah, it was not not <laughs> great. Um, and uh, so that was pretty pretty neat to see. And then it's Todd Harris who who's still doing it, still doing it today, and David Bailey. And speaking of the scrubs, we like at one point it takes Bailey's breath away. Yeah, it was when he was going up Henry Hill the other way. Yeah. It, yeah. And it was more of like a – it wasn't even the best of scrubs. But, yep. yeah, Bailey just couldn't get it together after that. Yeah, and it was funny because I believe even in the first moto, Bailey's losing his mind over how fast James is going. And remember, when they record this announcing, they already know what happened in the race. So good job by Bailey to act like he would have the first time he saw it when it probably wasn't. Mm-hmm. This is probably a Tuesday when they're actually recording it after they put all those tapes together. But I feel like the whole day Bailey was building this crescendo of like, this is unbelievable. James is unreal. And then finally getting to the, oh, now I don't even have words for what we just yeah. saw, which is a really iconic way to welcome the scrub like into the yeah. lexicon of the sport. Like David Bailey had no words. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he just goes, oh, at some point. Like, you know, um, he's, he's blown away. Um, Stu is absolutely ripping through guys. He makes Brock Sellards is is uh, second place, and he goes by Sellards, Punk and Sellards him. is scared. Sellards is like yes. ah, like he didn't know James was there or something. I don't know, but like, dude, yeah, yeah. Brock puts his feet down, stops, just stops in the corner, yeah, and is just like what, and then, <laughs> and James looks back a little bit, yeah. like yeah, it's just, I mean, again, like yeah. you know, Tedesco's leading. Tedesco just gets passed. Like these guys are. Going fast, and James, it looks treats them like they're you know lappers. Yeah, these are good riders, and they're on four strokes. Uh, Sellard's case, like Sellard is no joke as a rider, right? And uh, you know he's podium guy his entire career, and that's how I say. I don't believe I've ever seen anyone dominate races like Stu did on a one twenty five. I'd have never seen anyone be that level above the rest of the field. Other guys have won as much or whatever the stats are, but that. I've never seen a professional race where the other riders are scared of how much faster the other dude is going, ever. And we probably never will. Janolfi, any memory of Stu going by you in Moto2? No. <laughs> no, there, there isn't. But obviously it happened. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, there were many times that when, you know, coming up to lap me and stuff, and I was just blown away by, like, how fast he just hit that corner yeah, or whatever. But, but, yeah, to Weege's point, too, I'm one of those believers that I feel like Stu on a 125 was fat, like, the speed he was going on a supercross track, outdoor track, like it would be fun to see that today. Like him on that bike, you know, right. not him now, but yeah. but the speed he had on that bike. He he grabbed a four stroke the end of this year, or was it the next year? Next year, oh four. He for grabbed, one for one race. Yeah, for one yeah, race. Yeah. He grabbed a four stroke and it was absolutely 
dunk. Yeah. I mean, he Glenn just Helen, yeah, Glenn Helen, right? So he grabs a four stroke and it it's it, it. He shows us all. Uh, we there's a quote from him in here on getting injured in Vegas. Uh, mm-hmm. I learned that crashing sucks. I learned to focus better. I think I'm a lot more focused mentally. When I was hurt, I had a long time to think about it. So we should see the new James Stewart back out here just trying to ride smart. Oh, okay. Ah, how'd that work out? Focus, huh? <laughs> how'd, how'd that work out for crashing? Did, did, he, did he, you think he, you think he learned anything? Uh, he definitely seemed like here at Buds. He was trying to just be smart and consistent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stu was just taking what he could get. If it's if it's a last place to first, I'll just take what I what's what I can get. He's, he was just let a, the race come to you. Yeah, passing just, forty guys. Right, just a supernova. Right. Um, it was funny because when he went down, um, Todd Harris is like, I think that's Mike Brown. It, it turned out it was uh, James said it was Boniface, but uh, uh, Todd Harris is like, I think that was Mike Brown. Totally on, on on accident, and Joe Janolfi and I laughed. We're like, yeah, yeah, probably not, probably not. So, you know. <laughs> well, I think uh, Steve. I think you and I have argued over this. Shocking. I believe after that high point race with Brown and Rhino, people were like, "Man, I know Stu's coming back at some point." But I mean, those guys were pedal to the metal. Like, how much faster can you go? Like, that has to be about as fast as anyone can go in a 125. I don't think until this race. And James won the title the year before. But again, I don't think he was. That was his rookie year. I don't think he was this far ahead of the field as he in in O two as he was this year in O three. So I would think maybe practice time showed everybody. I have no idea. Maybe he was five seconds a lap faster. But I feel like in this moto, it was like, oh, I wonder how uh, James's speed is going to line up with Brandon. Oh God. Oh, <laughs> oh, it's not even close. Because I don't think going into this race, people knew that James would be that much faster than those guys. I don't know. I feel like, yeah, they did. You, you debate this. I feel like we all knew James was going to crush these dudes. I remember at Yamaha, we were doing the math on, you know, could he win this title? And, yeah. And, and we were like, no, nah, I, don't, I don't think, you know, we don't think so. But, but we were like looking at it a little bit. Um and, it always made me wonder you know, that they just treated it. I mean, I guess all collarbone injuries are different, but that they did not attempt to rush back at all. It wasn't like get it plated, scratch out points. It was more like Cowie was just like, we don't care. We have James Stewart. It's not even about winning titles. It's about, you know, making sure he doesn't wreck himself worse or make the injury worse. Because if he had showed up one race earlier, even, he probably wins the title. Was plating your collarbone a thing then? I don't know. I would think so, but I don't know. Yeah, I would think so. Um, so but he missed. If he even came back for Southwick, two-fifths, he probably wins the title. But it didn't seem like that was Cowie's M.O. So did you um, – Did you when he went in – so Troy, Ohio was postponed. Um, it was flooded. And then it moved to the last race of the year, and then it was finally canceled. And that's the famous story of GL winning the title, you know, uh, not knowing it during the week. And, and he was ahead of Rhino by 7 or 12. I don't remember what it was. Um do you remember? Could James have a shot at it? I don't remember. I mean, he would have to jump two guys, but he there was he was mathematically in it, right? Yes, he was. He was yeah. not eliminated. I think he was maybe I'm just going off memory here, twenty some points down, and had to jump two guys. So you know, in a two moto format, could you make up twenty points? You could. Um, so he wasn't out, but yeah, I, I yeah. feel like it wasn't likely. But I think it was getting like you guys doing the math. I feel like with each one one. And he won one every round after this. He was getting more and more nerve wracking. Like, oh, dude, if one of those has a bad moto, yeah, they might blow this thing. And we'll probably never get GL or Larry Brooks or Rhino on this show to talk about this. But things got weird near the end. Like, uh, um, basically, the KTM guys were told to pull over for riders, and they didn't really want to. And yeah. Langston thought Larry was siding with Rhino because they were old buddies. And uh, at some point, Boniface – was it Boniface? Who got their wheel taken out uh, to just not to – they couldn't race. Cause yeah, I think it was Boniface at Boniface. Millville maybe. Yeah, they said he, said, he, said he wouldn't pull over, and they took his wheel off and wouldn't let him race. And it was a lot of team tactics, and, and GL was upset at Rhino and Larry, and it, it got ugly uh, underneath one tent. You know? I, I remember um, I'm good friends with Josh Woods, and yeah. I, I don't know if it was that same year, but he was like going four four at Broome, and he had to like I think he had to pull over. Or yeah, he pulled yeah. over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, uh, Woodrow was was doing well that that day. So yeah, it was. Yeah. It, I remember it, uh, one race Rhino literally thanking Meddy on the podium for pulling over for him, and I'm like, wow, we're just straight up on the podium. 
thanking dudes for pulling over. That's where yeah. we're at now. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> makes the whole Marvin moving over in New Jersey for Dungy thing look a little yeah. like, you know, not even that bad, right? When, yeah. when, when it was pretty much obvious back then that KTM was going for it. But if you're Brooks, too, like, I, and again, I don't know. I wasn't around, and we won't get Larry to talk about it. But, like, yeah, like, that's pretty bad on Larry if he was favoring Rhino which is what the GL camp thought. And I don't know. I'm not saying he was, but that's what the theory was around there. Well, I think it was just math for one thing. I think there just happened to be two different motos where a KTM guy was ahead of Rhino and one moto where a KTM guy was ahead of Langston. So it was like Rhino got two helps and Langston got one. But I think it was like, hey, if this happened five times for each of you, we're doing it five times. It just so worked out. Medi pulled over once and Woods pulled over once and Langston only got it. One time, I think that's. But that either was, way, yeah. tensions are high, right? Yeah, so yeah. No, everybody's going to everybody's going to turn every slide into something against yeah. him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yep. But what a race by Stu! God, he was unbelievable. Um, it was. It pretty- doesn't even make sense. It doesn't. Even, Janolfi. Yes. You raced. Can you make sense out of how someone, especially in on a one twenty five, like what the hell is it? Like what? <laughs> how can you go twenty percent faster? Yeah, I mean, just like. His, his role is in momentum, obviously. It's like the science okay. of it, but yep. can I make sense of it? No, not totally. Like, <laughs> but that's no, what no, it no. Was. I, Just what you said is an answer. So that's yeah. what you feel it is. His his roll speed, his corner speed, then manufactures more MPH all the way around the track. Yeah, for sure. I feel like he was like, you know, someone like me, like I'll come into a corner fast, break hard, then get on the gas, where like he might not even have hit the gas through the corner. Like his, his coast speed right. was just un- No breaks, just yeah, coast, just, yeah, and just, then... And then making that easier on your body. Like, all of it just makes sense. Yeah. But to do well, it is another thing. And we each has a point. Again, this is a 125. So you're dealing with low horsepower. You're dealing with, yeah, like, so, you know, to be that much better on a smaller motorbike. Is, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we, we mentioned it. I think if it had stayed two strokes, like, James would have a lot more wins than he did in the four-stroke era. Yeah. Do you think that, Weech? Yeah, I think so. And you you hate to say that because... There's a lot of riders that had a lot of success that maybe wouldn't have if it was two strokes, you know, so you don't want to name names. Well, for example, I believe Brayton is straight up said the sport stayed 252 strokes. He wouldn't have been nearly as good, right? It leveled the playing field. So, you know, it is what it is. The record books are what they are. But, yeah, I think a lot of people are like, man, if that hadn't happened, it would have been even more James Stewart dominance and a lot less Podiums, wins, everything else yeah. for everybody else. Just harder to race a two-stroke. Yeah. Just hard, more, more e- easier to make yep. mistakes and harder to do it. And James had it mastered, right? Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, so yeah, it was it was it was something else on on uh, to watch him ride. And like, if I memory serves me right, he won every single moto, right? When he came back. Yeah. Like he never yep. lost one moto. He won one every race. Yeah, one one yep. every single race. I remember. Yep. One of them, we were on the line. I want to say Red Bud. I'm not sure. We were on the line staging. And it was like, he goes by. And then it's just quiet. You know what I mean? Like like wherever the starting line was compared to the rest of the track. Quiet for like a minute. And then the rest of the pack goes. Yep. It was just so eerie where you were like, what, like, what is going Nobody's even around him. You know? So, yeah, just nuts. <laughs> and then yep. what? what? Not to get sidetracked here, but what was the year that him and Reed went at it on in that class? Oh, two. So the year before. The year before. So yeah, so that's yeah. why he didn't win by as much as he did. I feel like in like he was so dominant in 03. Yeah, yeah. Well, in O two he had a DNF at Southwick. The bike blew up. Then Reed did beat him in a moto. Yeah. Something happened. I think he hurt his knee at Mount Morris, maybe. Yeah, yeah. There was a few yeah. few separate things, and then of yep. course the Unadilla. Yeah, the, the cat right. and mouse. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, yep. But I, I feel like even he won most of the races then, but I don't feel like it was this last to first level, you know, uh, 30, what was it, 37 second lead? Yeah. That, that yeah. very first. Yeah, I, I don't feel like seconds. it was that. And it's like, you just think like, well, it's James Stewart. He's, he's already at his peak, but he was only 16. The next year he was 17 and he probably got twice as good in his second year. Yeah. Think about that. I never even really thought about that. We the actual age of him, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, you're not even physically and mentally that mature. Yeah. yeah. So year two, and then again year three, he's just getting. He's still in his earliest stages. He's getting better every year. Yeah, you think about like, and again, like, just you know, everyone's excited about Jet, and Jet's great, and he's going to be an all timer. And then you start measuring him against Stu, because people have. Yep. And yeah. You're like, you're like, nah, no, 
No, and no offense to Jet, obviously, but yeah, he's Jet's great, but there's Stu, and even Ricky. Ricky didn't crush 125s that as much as Stu did. No, he sh- and he struggled at first. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, he he won the championship his first year, first full year, but he got beat. You know, it was just yep. a normal championship year for a great rider. It wasn't this. So no, yeah, it wasn't 30 second leads in every moto. Bye bye. Yeah, against yeah. against GL, you know, a, a 125 champion and, and Brownie and like a good competition, right? So, um, yeah, what it must have been like for these guys. Uh, w- yeah, pretty 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 gnarly. Uh, thank you to the folks at Decal Works. Uh, you use Decal Works? I did at one time in my yeah. life. Yeah. See, everyone did. Yeah. Uh, Ron and everybody down there in uh, Illinois doing great things. Pulpamex 23 is a code to save. Red Bull KTM uses the graphics. Uh, Husqvarna Off-Road as well. They can design anything you want. They can do a great job. They'll send you a proof. You can um, look at it. You can move things around. You can get custom numbers, custom graphics, decal works. Pulpamex 23 is a code to save. So use the code and save. And then Janolfi, you'll, you'll love this. Scott Sports, they've been providing the best in goggle technology in all motorsport disciplines for over 50 years. Scott is a global leader in innovation, technology, and design. Scott has always been proud to support racers uh, like Jason Anderson, Pro Circuit, Caleb Russell, Walker Fowler. Uh, They all choose the quality, support, and product from Scott. Scott is excited to relive iconic moments in the sport with the Re-Raceables podcast, many of which have included Scott Goggles. Scott, the only goggle made in the USA. You used to work at Scott, and we always bring up our buddy John Knowles. Mm Mm-hmm. Just a legend in goggle prep. He, lo- he lives for it. <laughs> he lives for it. Yeah. We uh, we want to get him on here at one point. We're just not sure what he's going to say. Like how, could, how much of a loose interesting. how much of a loose cannon he could be. Of course, you work at one hundred percent now, but yeah, you worked for Scott for a long time. So. Yep. Many conversations with John. Yeah. Uh, we we make a we did the uh, we haven't done the Millville mutter yet where Ricky laps the field. Yep. But that was where Knowles told Weege that that's where he shines because Brock Hepler. Thanked him on the podium. Yeah, yeah, I've heard, I've heard yep, him say yep. that. Yeah, yeah. And yep. then he told Pretty us, shines. he told us a few times that when it's muddy and rainy, that's when he shines. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, good for him. <laughs> <laughs> Were you not a Scott athlete at this time? Um, I was. Yeah, I was, yeah. And was Knowles building for you because you were buddies or no? Yeah, he would drop some stuff off. But oh, I, he would. Yeah, but I, I didn't expect it or ask yeah, for yeah, it yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. But, but yeah. you would get built goggles for uh-huh. you. Yeah, yeah. Look at you. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we. Before we get to the categories, I mean, we we got to touch on 450s, guys. We we do, or you do at least. I mean, I'm here. What what questions you guys got about w- what a day that was? Well, I actually have a lot of questions. It's just you have answered them because we've had these conversations 900 times yeah, through the last I, uh, 20 I, years. I bring it up a few times. I definitely oh, brought you. it up. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um. But seriously, like. How? Where? Why? Was this all because of his argument? Was this all because Timmy got into a fight with Chad before the moto? Is this what he needed to do I wonder. every race of yeah, his career? I wonder. So at this point, Chad and Timmy did not like each other. Okay. Uh, they they shared a trainer, Jeff Spencer, and mm-hmm. Spencer started favoring Chad because obviously Chad was the hot rider at this time. And Chad revved his bike up super loud in Timmy's garage one time, and then the we had a problem with our bike sl- sliding into gear, slipping into gear, and it did. And so while Chad was revving his bike to probably complain about it, it went into gear and left a massive tire mark on Timmy's garage floor, and he didn't say anything about it. Like, he didn't... Apologize. Yeah, because that was Chad back then. And they weren't... I think t- Timmy... Chad was living on his property. They were riding together. They were training together. I think at this point, it was pretty much, you know, they were not happy with each other. And in the practice in this morning... Uh, after the checkers, there was a, they went got a checkers flag and then they went over the uh, it was going um, you jump down the hill after the checkers mm-hmm. and then that next you go down the hill you go left and then there's, the a little, there's a little there's a little yeah it's yep. over the tunnel uh-huh. uh, Chad looked back and dumped his clutch and roosted the shit out of Timmy in practice and they oh, raced God. and they raced back to the truck and they went at it in the truck I didn't get back in time because I had to go from the, the tr- mechanics area was on the across this all the way to the other side. So I, by the time I got back, the semi doors were closed, and Jimmy Perry, our manager, was having both of them in for a sit down and like WTF, you know, and they were not happy. And Timmy was pissed, and Chad was just being Chad, and and then yeah. So then the first moto, Timmy gets a good start, uh, passes Wyndham uh, early, and runs off with the lead. Ricky catches him, makes him. Mis- does Ricky go down, or does he just make a mistake? He loses a bunch of time. I think he goes down. I think he tips it over. And then he can't catch Timmy, and Timmy wins Moto 1. 
Timmy did pass Wyndham, though, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He passed Wyndham for the lead and took off. Yeah, yeah. Wyndham was awesome that year. Like Wyndham was challenging Ricky or even beating him yep. in some races, but Timmy just straight up had Wyndham covered. Yeah. And what's Ferry's results leading up to this? this oh year? no, we were podiums, okay. thirds and fourths and stuff. You know, like yeah, he was he was having a good year. Like it ended up being this was the year. Chad wrote a two-stroke to start the Nationals, didn't he? Or was it the next year? Can't remember. Uh, Chad wrote a two-stroke to start, and I think he switched to a four-stroke at round f- at, at High Point this year. So he wrote the first. Oh, he started on a two-stroke outdoors. Started on a two-stroke outdoors, yeah, and then was like, "Oh wait, this sucks." And then they switched. Oh, to a I four think stroke. it was Millville. He actually switched. No, I think it was longer than you think. Really. Yeah. Oh, okay. oh, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I thought yeah, it was yeah. later in the year. Like, yeah. it would have already been, like, desperate, like, he's not going to beat Carmichael. Let's yeah. try this. Yeah, I think, okay, you know what? You might be right. So, Timmy definitely had an advantage on a four-stroke versus a two-stroke outdoors. Uh, and then, well, Timmy had also, at high point, put a pretty aggressive pass on the last lap for third. So, I think Chad was a little mad at that. And then everything boiled over at this Bud's Creek race, and, and, and yeah, they got into it in practice, teammates. So, then what happens Monday? Is, is Reed not at the house anymore? Yeah, I think they. Yeah, I think Chad bought the property. His property that he's he just sold. I think he was there at that point or whatever. And then they stopped. Timmy stopped training with Spencer. You know, it was a whole thing. Yeah. It was a whole like breakup. But like when Chad moved to America in '02 with Yamaha Troy, he parked at Timmy's house. Uh, yeah, Timmy welcomed in. Timmy got. He used Timmy's agent. He used Timmy's trainer. Right. Timmy like helped him, and then kind of got to this point where this um, where this pupil. Like surpassed them, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, and then I think there was bitterness over that. The garage floor was not good because it was epoxy garage floor, and yeah. Chad was just like, I mean, ac- accidents happen, but yeah, yeah Chad should, yeah, yeah. Hey, man, sorry, like I've yeah. reacted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me help scrub right. this off. And then something. a few weeks later, after that, we went to there to test to Timmy's house to test, and tensions were still high. And Gothic J was cleaning the floor to try to get rid of this rubber mark to make things right. <laughs> he was trying to eliminate yeah. the tension because Gothic is, just, yeah. Um, oh, that's great. Yeah, and then uh, and then so Gothic was trying to clean the floor. Like here, Timmy, Timmy, look at look at it's all gone. You know, and and it, you know it just scrubbed the epoxy and everything. So yeah, it was a uh, it was a tense time in our truck, and and Dave Dye was Matt uh, Reed's mechanic, and he was making fun of it a lot in the situation, and and so we had a good time as mechanics, um, laughing <laughs> about stuff around this time at these two idiots, right? But yeah, Timmy won the first moto, second moto, uh, he goes down the first turn and. Gets up and goes down like three more times and DNFs. He, so one day in his energy for later. Yeah, yeah. He did the Janolfi plan. I like it. Did the Janolfi. <laughs> Save it for, for the next, next week. week. Yeah. yeah. Save it for the Save next, for week. next week. Probably Red Bull so one DNF on the day. Which, when I see Jimmy Perry now, who works for AMA, you know, we laugh and I'm like, Bert's first first moto, Bud's Creek, and he's like, what happened the second one? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Do you remember the in-between motos feeling, Steve? Were you like, we got this. This is our day. We're going to win yeah. overall. Yeah, yeah, definitely remember. I, I, I got an interview with Cameron on TV, you know, and he won the moto. And our muffler blew apart. So we were using these crappy GYTR mufflers. Should have had big gun like I did. Yeah, big gun? Mm-hmm. Oh, jeez. And nice. our, muff, our muffler blew apart in moto one. Just this, uh, that silent sports stuff everywhere. And so he, you know, so when he, you watch him on TV winning this moto, you just see sounds are packing, flying out everywhere. Uh, not my fault. And then, uh, um, so the second moto, put a new muffler on. And then, yeah, I did think we were going to win. Like, he was riding really well. And, and the four strokes were a big advantage over two strokes. Ricky was on a two stroke at this race, right? Or at this year. Chad was on a two stroke. Ricky's on a two stroke. There was no doubt the four strokes helped. Especially Bud's Creek, like those off-cameras where you can kind of just... A hundred percent. So I think at this point, I'm like, yeah, we got this. Like, he's good at Bud's. He loves Bud's. It's maybe his first, uh, it's, it's maybe his favorite track, right? So, yeah, like, I thought we had it, but we didn't. Steve, as a, as a mechanic, when the, how would you feel like when the horn would go off when it was time to go down to the line? Would you, like, would you be like, fuck yeah, let's do this? Or are you like, okay, did I tighten everything? Yeah, like, no. I, at that time, you know, there was an intermission. So I remember having a bit more time yeah. to work on your bike. But eight times out of ten, I wasn't ready when that horn blew. Yeah. Like the seat needed to go on. Yeah. You just, from the time the bike came off the track, you just worked. You, yeah. you, 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 know, you did the clutch, the oil, the tires. Um, you know, what filter, fix any damage, you, you know, put new grip on, uh, put new graphics on. Like you, I just, there were so many times where I was eating 
because he had to eat also at some point. And I remember just having like a sandwich in one hand and a tea handle in the other. And the horn goes off, and you still need to put a wheel on and a seat. Yep. Like all the time. Wow. Yeah. All the time. Um, and you were like, okay, well, that's that's it. Like I, I can't get to everything, right? Yeah. So, But there was definitely some moments like you work yourself into a little bit of a paranoia as a mechanic where you're like, did I do that? And then you're not oh, sure, sure. And then you think about it. And then, just, then it starts growing in your head. And then you get the bike back afterwards. And, it, and it's totally fine. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. That, that It's happens. like locking the door yeah. in your house or something. Yeah. yeah. That, that happens all the time. So um, what a day, though. Yeah. I mean, most people remember for the Ferry Moto win. Yes. Yeah. The 20th anniversary coming up. Maybe uh, victory. Do you think Open we could. Ceremonies? Yeah. Do you think we could do that? Maybe. Yeah. yeah. The winner of the first moto back in 2003, 20 year anniversary. With a one DNF. With a one DNF. Janofi, what was your best national? Um, I mean, Southwick, I had a really good run. I, was, I like moved up into 12th uh-huh. in 04, blowing by guys that blew by me later in the race. But okay. that was, that was, I was feeling good that yeah. one. I just, uh, yeah. My, what, why are like, okay, obviously. Southwick guys and New England guys are good in the sand yeah. for obvious reasons. But Jersey guys are sneaky good in sands, too. Yeah, and I never raced. Like, the only time I went to Southwick was yeah. for the National. Yeah. But we have a lot of sand it's pits. It's just sand pits? Yeah, yeah we yeah. have a lot of sand pits. And, right. And so English all you, Town was All you guys grow up doing that. Yeah. 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 Yep. yeah. Did you ever score points in the National? No. I think 23rd was my best. Yeah, I think yeah. it was at Southwick or something. Okay, but yeah. Right. Yeah, I just like. Hey, I give you credit. credit. Every guy who's ever not scored points claims they got twenty first eight times. So good on you to actually say twenty third. <laughs> no, it was twenty third. <laughs> it's a good point, Weege. You're right. Yeah. How many guys, Steve, have you heard missed it by one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I got good one. Job. One supercross point that's haunted me for any vet classes at Loretta's for a long time. So that really one measly point. Did yeah, no, did nothing for me. In yeah, the positive. Kiefer's the same way, yeah. right? Kiefer got that's made why. one main event. Yeah, and Anaheim two, and can't race whatever at Loretta's yeah. because of that. Yeah. It's a crummy system. Well, we we runs MX Sports. He's on the line. Okay, well, I do. Right. I do. That was my rule. In I that case, in can we – is plus 25 really a vet class anymore? Like, dudes are in their 30s racing, like, premier pro classes. And, like, we're calling 25 a vet class? Do we change that? Uh, uh, we Should it not – should they change the age or just – what do you mean? I, I, I know it, what you it's mean. A, it's a, an age younger than the dudes in their prime. Oh, I never thought about that. You're right. There, we used to joke in, like, say, the 80s and 90s, like, in this sport, 25 is old. Right, because so guys have retired a 25 at 25-plus class. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Now we're in this thing where Eli friggin' Tomac is 31 right. and is still maybe the best rider in the world. 25 really isn't a number anymore. No. It's meaningless. It's silly. Let's change <laughs> it that. Let's change that. Let's, let's go. Yeah. Start at 30? Yeah. You got, you 30, got a good 35. point there, right? Like. I, Weege and I laugh on this show a lot, Lee, at Reraceables, that, you know, Bob Hanna in the Coliseum in 86, they're like, he's old, he's 28, yeah. you know, like he's he's the oldest guy out Grandpa. there. Grandpa. Yeah. yeah, he's 28. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Times yeah. have changed. Cause right? I be- yeah, because 25 plus, I guess the idea, like, you're not even pro anymore. Your best days are behind you. Now you're like a local vet guy because you're 25 years old. It's not like you could be racing Supercross anymore. Right. So we have to have a class for these local guys to come back. But now that's not even close to the case. No, not not at all. Um, wow. Well, we work on that. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll bring it to the steering committee that I steer. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Speaking, the steering wheel, the steering committee. Yep. Speaking of steering, guts racing, uh, you can steer with your seat while you sit on mm. it. Uh, Interesting. Pop-Up X 2023 is the code to save gutsracing.com. Great company, great seats. You ever use guts racing? Yes, I did. Oh, yep. see? Perfect. Mm-hmm. It works great. Andy and everybody down there are doing great things. Phantom, Phantom lightweight seat foam. They got complete seats. They got covers that you can design. They got non-slip stuff. They got regular stuff. They got vintage covers. When it comes to seats, it's Guts Racing, everybody. A lot of teams using Guts. A lot of privateers using Guts. Uh, GutsRacing.com. Kay Clayson, Guts Rider, just finishing second in the LCQ Challenge. So uh, thank you to Guts. Use the code and save. And, of course, Liat. Email us using a contact form on Pulpamex to get a discount from Liat.com, whether it's helmets or whether it's boots, goggles, uh, all the gear. Liat.com for more information. And, uh, again, they, they pioneered the neck protection way back in the day, and they've done a good job to refine and make that thing better. So if you're interested in that, if you mountain bike as well, uh, Dave's a big mountain biker now. So uh, Liat.com, thank you to those guys. Use the code to save. Scott Sports, Decal Works, Maxis, all on board with us. 2003, Bud's Creek, a.k.a. the Tim Ferry Race. Oh, yes. Um, 
Dave, did, so what main event did you make that cost you? Uh, it was Orlando 2005. Orlando 05. Yep. Oh, maybe we can do re-races Big on mistake. that. Was that, is that Jessamine? Wait, am I no. way off? Okay. Um, I'm way off on that. I don't, Orlando 05. So that, oh wait, that's. I mean, James is on a 252 yeah. stroke. Yep. Um, that might have been the Jessamine win. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. It could be. Right. So that one main event just screwed you. Yeah. Yeah. It did. Right. Now, uh, were you buddies? Now, obviously, uh, we talked a little bit uh, on a pod that we're going to do about J-Law stories. You were buddies with him for a little bit. Yeah. Were you buddies with any of these factory guys back then? Like, did you have people at the races that you that knew you? And No, I, like, I was such like a fan. I, I was probably trying to get their autograph, even though I'm racing them <laughs> kind of thing. Like, I remember one year at Loretta's, I had a, uh, a friend of mine go up and get Brandon Jesmond's goggles for me, and I'm, he's in my class. Like really? Yeah. Like that's just I was just like yeah. So at the, in awe of everybody, right? So when these names on the back of the jerseys passed you, you were like, "Oh my god!" Like, yeah, like, yeah. Absolutely going to make it easy on them. Like <laughs> I don't belong here. Kind of mentality is what I had. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I was good friends with Ryan Mills. Yeah. And at that point, I think he was on a factory team. But yeah. But that was it. I mean, I stayed clear of those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Know? Interesting. Um. All right. Liet re racing uh, category time weege or do we have anything else about this. This race, uh, one one for Stu, two three GL. Tedesco goes six two. Uh, by the way, Tedesco's uh, um, headshot on this race—he looks like he's straight out of prison, Albuquerque. <laughs> yeah, straight out of Albuquerque or prison. Um, Sorby seven six, huh? Huh. Uh, Andrew Short Ping runs up front for a little bit in the second moto. By the way, uh, he ends yep. up—he must yep. have gone down, but yeah, at some point Ping was up there. Brian Gray, yeah. Uh, oh, Brian Gray. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Uh, how many Suzuki's? How many Suzuki riders were there? Twelve? Was it a twelve rider team between the Suzuki support teams and ECC? Right. Yeah. ECC. Yep. Yeah. But like Moto the factory World. team was four or five guys. Yeah. Moto there was World. Moto World. There was ECC. Blimpy. Was that Blimpy? Was the factory, factory one? team was Blimpy, which apparently they never got one check from. Huh. Weege, right? Is that the story? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was what Sobi on the four fifty, yeah, two fifty team. Yep. Yeah. Um. All right, Liet Racing Re-Raceables categories. Um, well, we go either class for these, Janofi, and okay. and if if you're not if you just want to pass on them, you can. But we and uh, will certainly cover it. Uh, who really won the race? Well, so it's not always the winner, Janofi. Okay, but in this case, I feel like it is. I feel like it is. yeah. And all jokes aside, it's not the Tim Ferry race. It's the James Stewart. Really? Race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, Stu won this race. He scrubbed, he came from last against four strokes, and he was gone. And there's just nobody, yeah, nobody else. I'm saying Tim Ferry. I mean, that was a big moto win. Okay. It's terrible that you don't, it's terrible that you don't support Tim Ferry. He's a legend, Steve. I mean. Have you forgotten all his great contributions to the sport? Well, I, I clarified him on his birthday on X Online not that long ago. There's, there's a story on there, everybody, if you want to read. All the mm. things that Tim Ferry sort of, you know, did for the sport. Um, yes. Yeah, there's something. What is going on right now that he gets credit? There's many things right now that he basically gets all the credit for. I can't even remember what they were, though. Well, here's here's an example. So, Four Strokes hit the scene with Doug Henry mm. on a 400, right? And that's that's cool. Like, he won a Supercross. Great job for Doug Henry on a 400. And then, you know, Doug retires and Jimmy Button rides a 426, right? But that's, again, it's 426 cc's. It's not a 450. It's 420. Timmy was the 450. Who was the first guy to be able to (laughs) handle the power of a 450 to actually, you know, make it happen with that extra CCs, 24 extra CCs? Timmy. So the modern bike at a 450, the pioneer of the modern 450 is Tim Ferry. Button was 426. Henry was Mm -hmm. 400. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, they were able to handle four strokes of lesser power. (laughs) <laughs> but right. only Timmy can handle the fire breather. Right, but Timmy... Extra 50cc. No, extra 24ccs from Button. Well, compared to Button, yes. Yeah. Yes. But only one man could handle that amount of power, and it was Timmy. So when you think about four strokes, Timmy pioneered him. Okay. I wonder what... Uh, huh? There was so much talk about the original Doug Henry, the Works 400, that he won that Supercross on. Yeah. But the next year, in 98, he was on a production 400, I've never talked to him. I mean, there's got to be stories of what they had done to that bike. Yeah. I First rem- of all, it probably wasn't a 400 for starters. 
No, it was a 426. Yeah. The, oh, it was a 426. It was. The yeah. fir- one of the first days at Yamaha for me, I've said this before, but one of the very first days, they wanted me to learn four-stroke stuff because I didn't really know four-stroke technology, right? Never worked on them. And one of my first days at Yamaha as Ferry's mechanic, they made me destroy Henry's old works motors. Come on. Yeah, mag covers, mag cases, wow. everything. They're like, take these apart, look at it, you know, w- look how it works, see, see what the bolts are, you know, all that kind of stuff. They're like, wreck these motors. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, yeah, okay, magnesium stuff and o- external oil lines everywhere. Just external oil lines all over the place. It looked like a snake. So, <laughs> um, Wow. Okay. Uh, Timmy's bike didn't have that that extra lever on it, though, right? Like those other ones. No, like that. No, yeah, yeah that was uh, the the the, decompre- um, the the decompression lever. Yeah. yeah. No, his um, when I started there, they put it in the cam. It was automatic in, okay, the, in yeah. the camshaft. Uh, Who's that guy? Award. Uh, I was going to print the results up for you, Janolfi, but it's basically like we know nothing about this guy. And then you know our buddy Rarick, mm-hmm. he'll text us and t- fill us in about what idiots we are, how we don't know this guy. Yeah. But it's a Who's that guy? Award, and for me. I mean, it's only 20 years ago, so I kind of know that. I, I know everybody. But there is a gentleman, by the way, Janolfi, uh, 27th in Moto2, yep. right in front of you, Paul mm-hmm. Parabinos. I know. It was a good ride for him. Yeah. It was a good day for Florida guys, I think. I got to go. Uh, honestly, and, and so this you. tough. So, actually, I got one in, in 250 class, and you might know him, Janolfi. I don't know anything about Charles Ellis. Yeah, New York kid. Yeah, says Long New York here. Long Island. Long Island. So ahead of Justin Cooper uh, as mm-hmm. far as Long Island moto. Yeah. Charles Ellis, I know nothing about. Like, yeah. can you give me one Charles Ellis fact, Janofi? Um, Besides he, Long Island? He dated Brianna Millsaps for a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. There we go. Um, Weech, what about you? Yeah, this is really hard. I mean, I think I know all 40 guys between the two classes. Um. I think the only guy straight up don't think the name is familiar at all is the last place finisher in the 125 class, Justin Mace. So come at me, everybody. California kid. You knew that without looking into the results? Yeah, I think he was probably like number 716 or something. Oh, nice. What, nice. What about Matt J. Carlson in the 450s? 2726. No idea. Colorado. Okay. Yeah. No idea. Oh, Carlson with a K. Eh, that sounds familiar. The other problem is I'm announcing the races at this time, so I'm literally reading off the mm-hmm. starting lineup. Jarrett Rhodes. I don't, I don't think I've heard of that, but he's got to be localish to you. He's from PA. Ryan Dudek, Yamaha employee. Yeah. In 37th. Yeah. Was he on? Ryan the dude Dudek. His dad worked at Yamaha, and then Ryan did some testing. I feel like he rode for Bobby. That's like when Star was around, but you had yeah. usually had to have a last name Johnson to be on that team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um... All right. Uh, Tim Ferry, seventh overall on the day, 135. There you oh, go. Terrible. Shout out to my guy, Chris Hunter, 28th, another New Jersey guy. I'm sure you know him. You know yeah, him? very well. Chris, uh, yeah, I learned a lot from Chris at a young age with racing and, and all that. He helped me a lot. Yep. Yeah, now he's working on a, a results database yeah, called he, uh, yep. Moto Pivot. Yep. For... He's a, yep. Cool. Oh, that's Moto Pivot on Twitter? Yeah, it's Chris Hunter. Oh, he's like an old racer. I didn't know this. Okay. Yeah, he, well, I mean, he got seconds at Loretta's and oh, yeah? like won some motos. Yeah, oh, he yeah. was good. Really oh, okay. Good. He got a lot of 20, I don't even understand. A lot of 21st. I've asked him the story. Uh, yeah, he was good. And somehow he even had a Manchester Honda like in the uh, Bradshaw graphics back when he was in B class. He yeah, that's he, what I remember from he was yeah, he was like the um he was their amateur guy ready to turn pro. It was like Carpenter was on the team and like they were like the first of like to have an amateur guy, but yeah. Yeah, he was legit. Uh, all right, Liat Racing Reraceables categories. Lit Kit Award. Well, Stu looked pretty good. This is the pink, black, white fox stuff. Yeah. Zebra. Some zebra, some not. Stu looked pretty good. I kind of like the Thor stuff that yeah, Timmy they, and Chad were wearing, all blue. Same as like Seller. Or, yeah. Or was no, it a little different than, okay. the, than the YLT stuff. I like that look. Um, I was in no fear at the time. MR2 helmets. MR2 helmets, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, Ricky stuff. Wait, isn't it, M- M- M2R? Isn't it M2R? Oh, M2R? Could have been. It's been a while, Weege. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll go. I'll go. Stewart stuff. I mean, maybe just because he was going eight eight hundred miles an hour around the track, but looked pretty good. Weege. Yeah. I think. Um, yeah, the the I did think Thor stuff looked pretty good back then, and uh, I somehow I had a set of that gear, so I'm going to go with that. The the Timmy blue and white Thor gear. I feel like that was peak Thor. 
It was. It was. Yeah, they had a ton of guys, and it looked really good. Yeah. Uh, Yot were they were they also Thor guys? Yep, they were Thor yep. too. Yep. That looked good. Uh, yep. Shit kid award. Uh, Janofa, you've got one because they're out there. Yeah, I'm gonna say at uh, ECC. They yeah. usually had some green and <laughs> just terrible colors on the Suzuki. Red, yellow, green, something like that. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, Weege, what do you got? Uh, of shit kit. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Hang on. I'm trying to watch through grainy footage. Okay, so I'll uh, go. I, yeah. I, I I looked at some photos. I'll go uh, Ron Ron. Ron Ron was Suzuki this year uh, after getting dropped by Cowie. He got hired by Factory Suzuki. And he had some O'Neill stuff that was just like plain rap. Like O'Neill's had some good <laughs> looks. But this Ron Ron stuff is yellow and gray with some black. And it looks like their lower line of gear. Like it doesn't look. Yeah. O'Neill, Ron Ron's O'Neill stuff. Because I remember, even though Timmy didn't make the overall podium, I had to go to Impound after this race because they just because the Moto One winner, right? So I had to go to Impound, and I was with Berlute, who was wrenching for Ron Ron, filled in for Lee Berlute wasn't Ron Ron's regular mechanic, but he worked this race. So we're talking in Impound, and I specifically remember Ron Ron walking up to us. To talk to Berlut, and his gear was ugly. I yeah. could picture that like it was yesterday. That's an impression. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. So I'll go Ron Ron Suzuki O'Neill stuff. If I remember right, Ron Ron was a 250 guy, and then the moment Stu is out, everybody's like, "Well, we'll never be Carmichael," and Stu's out. So just move everybody in, everybody out in the 125s. And I think that was the reason. Um, my my shit kid is going to surprise some people here. Oh. I don't think Carmichael ever looked good in a Honda at any point. The bike, the graphics, the riding style, the ergonomics, the gear, it the, all looked horrible. The woodpecker, I, all that stuff. The woodpecker, the Cadillac handlebars. And uh, I know that Fox gets a lot of praise on this show. They probably won 80% of the lit kits. Yeah. But I don't think his Fox stuff in the Honda days ever looked good. Well, it was orange It forever. wasn't as bad as O2 with the orange. Yeah. The orange and red doesn't go together at all. So it wasn't quite that bad, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yep. I think you're right. But then Stu's yeah. stuff looked amazing mm-hmm. a lot, a lot of times. So there is that. Yeah, and then when Carmichael on uh, Cowie, the gear looked great, and on Suzuki, the gear looked great. I don't know. It just never worked with the Honda for me. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go, I'll go with that. Um, yep. All right. Uh, Lee, re-raceable categories. Where's JT? We always do a where's JT because he's in some of these races and other ones he's working the sidelines with his mom and dad. Being eight years old and stuff. Okay, uh, he's got to be in the two fifty class. Yeah, he is. Oh, he's he, in there. He loves Buds Creek too. It's his best ever career finish. Was fifth overall. Oh wow! So he loves Buds. <laughs> but on this day, twenty fifteen, for JT. Mm. Odd. Yeah, not quite saving the energy in that first moto because he, he still was out there, <laughs> right? Wasting it. Well, yeah, he had to get one point. That was never a problem yep. for JT. Like he could pick off guys late in the moto. Yeah. Like he would just say the same speed. For, for 30 minutes it wasn't a good speed but as that guys went by him early he's like i'll see you later mm, and i know that. And, that and that worked well for him i think for a long time so 2015 for jt uh bad day for nick way 1134 also dnf second moto obviously so um yeah jason and in the vault it's jason jt thomas yeah i don't, I don't know how that works but Got the nickname in there wow yeah, my guess is uh, you would think I would know this. That's, there's too many Jason Thomases in there, so oh, yeah. I suppose our solution was one becomes JT. There's too many Jason Thomases in the vault and in this industry in general. Yeah, there's there's a few. Uh, all right, yeah. and the last award is the Jacob Marsak Award, uh, Janolfi, which is named after Jacob Marsak because he got a podium at Daytona yep. in the mud, and no one remembers, and it's awesome, and he can run around and say he podiumed Daytona, which he should, and that's great. But we named an award after him for the guy who does the best that you never would think about or whatever. So, uh, again, I didn't print the results out for you. So this is uh, not ideal for you, Janolfi. But, uh, Weege, who do you But got? this race is too straightforward. There's no, there's no huge shockers in any of these results, I don't feel. Well, there's one that sticks out for me personally. Okay. Um, okay. Steve Mertens got 10th in Moto1, a NorCal guy. Yeah. Now, he went 10-34. And Mertens... Mertens is a little trivia answer in my life, by the way. Uh, In 1999, I went to the Minios to work for Ryan Morris. Got screwed out of the Golden Wrench Award. 
Ryan Morris was an amazing amateur. Yeah, I raced him that year there. Okay, all right. So I was the mechanic that year. We crushed it. We lost two motos all week, like in every discipline. One to Stu. Mm -hmm. He was on a super mini in like whatever class that was. They went one, two, two, one. Yep. And the other moto, he lost to Steve Mertens. So like Mertens was a good rider. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. but if you had told me that Mertens would have got 10th in a moto, I would have said, no, nah, I don't think so. Like he was a 10 to 20 guy, you know, like I, I just wouldn't have picked Steve Mertens as getting top 10 in a moto. Uh, and he did on this day, 1036. So I didn't think Steve Mertens. You know, I'm going to click on Mertens. Mertens uh, got a bunch of top 10s. He did? In outdoor and indoor. He was number 54 at one point. He rode, I mean, he rode for the, the Husky team. Yeah. Obviously didn't do well, but it was, it was after that on his Yamaha, his own deal. He, well, at his home track, he went 1113. Yeah. So not a top 10 at, wanna, at Hangtown. Yeah. I think like, I want to say Redbud, he did well, maybe. No, Janofi, he's got no, from what I can see. Well, your memory sucks. No, what I can see in Nationals, he's got no top 10s. That was his only top 10. Okay, well, he was close. Yes, he was close a lot. Okay. Absolutely. You're right about that. Um, oh, I'm sorry. He got an eighth in Southwick Moto 2. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I was right. Okay, well, to me, Mertens never did that much outdoors. That I can remember. So I'll take that 10th for the Jacob Marsak Award. You could go maybe go Brian Brian Gray, top 10 overall. That's what I was going to do. If yep. you're around at that time, it wasn't crazy because for some reason, Brian Gray was doing this every week. He was just like, he would get a start yeah. and he would just run with yeah. the guys and you're like, yet another, the eighth guy in the Suzuki factory team. You're like, man, this guy really has something. And then the bottom completely fell out. He was never good again. But... I don't think people remember this now, so I guess the seventh overall probably does stick out. I remember those races, and I'm like, yeah, that's what Brian Gray's yeah. doing. He's a seven through nine guy. But uh, it probably seems crazy looking back now. Yeah, I agree. It kind of reminded me of like how Sean Hamlin did it, uh, I think, a year before, actually, in the 250 class. Just as, Yeah, like, as who as is he, this guy? Yeah, oh, killing just, it. Then, then, then he's just good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They had a lot of Suzukis out there. I cannot, cannot stress that enough. So, Weed, you got one or no? I'm going with Gray. Oh, okay. You are going to go with Gray. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, Is Suzuki still Cole Grass grooming these kids into the pro? Yeah. Yeah. So, it's what I feel like was happening, you had like this, there was the Roger pro team, but then Cole Grass had like his amateur dudes, and then they would all end up racing nationals at times. Yeah. All right. We do have an update from JT. We, we told you his moto finishes. Um, yeah. We do have an update. Again, Jason Thomas, where's JT? He goes uh, 2015 on the day. JT, Buds three, Buds 03 should have been great. I won my qualifier Sunday morning. Told you. Buds Creek was good for JT. Yep. I got a fifth-place start. First moto, and Chad took me out. Mm. There we go. So, <laughs> perfect. There's the update. It was really good times back there at the, the tracks in Florida that week. Yeah. Yeah, really, right? Yeah, Chad was on one, huh? Yeah, he was very angry. <laughs> Chad took me out. I was texting. I don't know if we're going to get an answer here. Uh, Paul Parabinos, who we mentioned was in this race, now our, our buddy at Renthal. Aren't him and Valade like super besties? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, they end up 26th and 27th in the second moto. And Janofi's 28th. Oh, God. <laughs> so, like, industry guys. Yeah. Epic battles. <laughs> yes. Early industry That's race. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't remember. You don't remember anything about this race, like that way? Like what, uh, battling, you you're 28. Do you remember any like anything about it? Oh, we're probably single file at that point. Yeah, just, yeah, just yeah. <laughs> Everyone tired. Just, yeah, yeah. Get to the finish. Yeah, yeah. What, what, what were you on? Uh, Yamaha. Oh, Yamaha. Yeah. Okay, 125. No, I was oh, on a four stroke. This now. is four stroke. Yeah. One. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you switched to that. Got it. Uh, all right. Well, that's uh, that's Elliot Reraceables Buds Creek 03. Just a, an epic ride by Timmy. That's really what most people remember. Really, what the day was about. Yep. I wonder if it was this day that I – I think it was the next year, Bud's 04. I traded his parade lap goggles for a snow cone in the mechanics area because the snow cone stand was right there. Oh, wow. How and could he, you resist? Was that your idea or their idea? Like, no, my idea. I was, was hot. Like, was, and they're like, sure, yeah, I'll take these goggles. Yeah. No, what happened? Okay, so I was – was mechanics area right there off the start. Snow cone, like, placed right there. And I eyed it up when we were staging. And then I had the goggles in my – you know, he's, the moto's on. He's gone. I hope he doesn't need goggles. If he did, I would have been screwed. And 
I think I tried to trade the goggles for a snow cone. They said no. I didn't have my wallet on me. And then a guy in the line bought the snow cone for me, and I gave him the goggles. Got it. That makes yeah. more sense. Yeah. So it's perfect. So then I went back I to the mechanics that. area with a snow cone, and everyone was looking at me like, "What are you doing, Mathis?" And I'm just, I'm, I'm just shoveling this grape snow cone. What goggles are they at this point? Scott. There's Knowles come around looking for the goggles. No, and who like, knows? Oh, yeah, shit. who knows, man? Yeah, whatever. Sorry, Knowles. Good times. We lost him, man. I don't know what happened. Yeah, who knows, man? It's, your, it's, your lips are blue. Yeah, exactly. I think it was Buds 04. I don't think it was this day. Uh, <laughs> this day I might have – I'm also in the interview on the on ESPN. I am wearing some horrific Oakley glasses. Like, you know, back then it was yeah. like, yeah, man, check me out. Yep. And now when I see the interview, I'm like, oh, my God. Were they white? No, they were – they look like uh, like Terminator ones. Okay. I, I don't know, man. They, they were They were gold. With a gold lens, like it's just it's a lot. So, but get that audio play back on this show before yeah. you uh, publish this. I need you to do it. Yeah, I need to. I need yeah. to find that interview. Absolutely. Uh, Remember um, what? Uh, I don't think it was this one. Chad had said in Cycle News or something he was cutting dead weight. That's why he was no longer friends with Timmy. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, you get interviewed. One moto, Timmy's ahead of him. I guess it was probably Cameron Steele. He's like, "Oh, what's gotten to Timmy?" You're like, "Well, we're just cutting dead weight." Really? Nice comeback. Yeah. Did I, I said that? You did. We're just cutting dead weight. Yeah. That's what you said. Yeah. Huh. Look at me. The, the early seeds of your internet rabble rousing <laughs> career with a shit talk line. St- started there. As soon as you got a microphone. Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We're I just cutting. And I'm like, wow, Timmy's mechanic is Timmy's guy for sure. Oh, I was Timmy's guy. <laughs> oh, I was. Like, it was. <laughs> Yeah, Weed, you've heard some of those stories. Like, I got in trouble from McCarty a few times because I was – Timmy got me the job. He was my guy. I was there for him. And there were yeah. things going on with the team where I was like – they were like, don't tell Timmy. And I'm like, I have to tell Timmy. Like, yeah. this is – that's fucked up. You have to – you can't – you know. <laughs> like, I don't think I should lie. It's not a good spot for me to be in. No, not at all. And then I sided with the rider, and then that went sideways. A little, yeah. a little toy semi fell on my lap one time. <laughs> um, Yeah. Oh, I don't remember that dead weight though. I gotta go back and look at that or something. I remember uh, uh, Steel City '99. I got interviewed by Cameron. Timmy was on Chaparral, doing well, yeah. and whatever I said, Bailey. They fl- went back to Bailey, and he's like, "That's perfect advice." What Steve just said there. Wow. Oh. And I'm like, "Yeah, wow. Bailey, that's right. Me and you, bro." So. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Did yeah. they get your name? I right think now? it was yeah. the Southwick, the dead weight comment. So the you might d- want to look around. Okay, I'll, I'll check into that. Yeah. Cutting yeah. dead weight, man. Uh, yep. g- good times at uh, Bud's Creek 03 with Dave Ginolfi, who was in this epic moto. I mean, Dave, this moto, people like talk about this moto a lot. I know. Like, I know. Yeah, it, it's honored. out there. I know. There's photos. There's videos of it. Remember that? Remember that? And you're, you were in I'm it. I'm in there somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had, that I means butterfly effect. I had to have contributed to something that James did in that moto, you know? <laughs> Great point. <It's> true. <laughs> butterfly effect. I never thought of that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jersey's own Dave Ginolfi, who does not remember Weej as a flagger. We're not sure. Or ultimate, though. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm the problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Good times. Uh, Weej, thank you. Dave, uh, thanks very much. Leah, yes, of you. course. Guts, Scott, uh, Decal Works, Maxis, all on board with us. Thanks, Weej. See ya.